0: It's a beautiful day folks, Carter here with you and I'm glad you're back or maybe you're new to the podcast. So welcome, I've got a special guest with me today, Evan Jones, a volunteer with Full Count, baseball player and enthusiast and just a lover of God's word with me. So on the day of the release of this episode, we are heading into week five of the Luke Journal. We are getting a deeper and deeper picture of who Jesus is, and he is looking for those who will have faith in him. Our highlight for this week is titled The Storm, which you might be familiar with this story, Um, but through this highlight, Evan is going to share a particularly tough time in his life pertaining to his baseball career and also pose a challenge out of that. So let's dive in. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. Hey Evan, uh, so glad to have you on a Gallatin Boy through and through. Um, yes, sir. So yeah, you're, uh, one of Tanner's really good friends grew up with Tanner and went to Galton high school as well. And you helped him lead the D group and you've been so involved in full count ministries from going on mission and leading D groups. Um, share with me just real quick. I don't want to put you on the spot, but what drew you into full count besides the baseball piece?
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Carter. Uh, It's a privilege to be on here, get to follow the footsteps of some good podcasts uh, so far this uh, semester, if you will. But yeah, uh, you mentioned my good friend Tanner Sandell. So we were in a D group prior to Full Count after I moved back home to Gallatin from college. Mm -hmm. And he actually had been kind of laying some threads there, dropping some hints about Full Count. And then finally I took him up on his offer to go to the Full Count mission night back in, uh, I think the beginning of 2019 then that led to going on missions that summer and then just getting more plugged in and seeing the heart of the ministry and seeing how God was uh, using it. So, and then just, yeah, I had the privilege of him bringing me on board and helping kind of co-lead at the uh, Gallatin High School D Group with him there for a couple semesters. And then that's led now to uh, furthering me and my walk and actually the, the youth pastor at my local church, uh, Gallatin Church of God of Prophecy there. And um, my hometown, and using this awesome loop journal that you've come up with to uh, as our Sunday school curriculum.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You're not just only using it for baseball players, but you're using it for uh, young ladies and yeah. uh, just really mm-hmm. uh, a broad spectrum of young young people. So that's awesome, man. How's that going? Really good.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're loving it. Seeing those light bulbs come on is, is inspiring and even letting some of the, the young ladies, and some of them are older, not to uh, few years younger than me and actually just let uh, one of them lead while I was out of town. So it's just easy to be able to pass on even when I'm not there that Mm -hmm. they can focus on the the spotlight and carry that on and and teach the word.
0: That's so good brother. Well thanks so much for coming on. This is going to be super helpful Uh, just to get some of your insights from uh, for this for this next week and yeah, it's great to have a young pastor here to <laughs> to talk through some of this, right? We'll see, yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into week five. Uh, at the tail end of week four, Jesus is, you know, he's still saying some difficult things, and he's not a Messiah that most people expected would come. Uh, we even see John the Baptist showing a little bit of doubt in who mm-hmm. he is at the end of week four, um, the one who was sent to prepare the way for the Messiah. And so some really just difficult things to wrestle with. And Jesus, he's he's not particularly impressed <laughs> at all, really, with the religion of the time, uh, the people, the Pharisees, and what they're saying about him and what they're challenging him with. But in all of that, he doesn't shy away from this invitation to go to a, I don't know, like a dinner maybe with the uh, the Pharisees, to sit down and eat with them to talk through maybe some of this stuff. And uh, anyways, he, he shows at this, at this point, I think it's a really pivotal point that he shows that he is God. Scripture says he is claiming to be the son of God, which would be God. He doesn't say that, but he said he forgives the sins of this woman who comes to his feet and pours her heart out for uh, who Christ is and anoints him uh, with oil and washes his feet with her hair and the Pharisees had all the the tools to wash hands and feet properly and do all these things, but she pours it all out. Uh, take us through maybe up to this point, and then after that, what happens in these couple chapters that sticks out to you and that guys could look out for as they read this week? Yeah, for
1: sure. A lot of powerful scriptures of really getting into the, the meat of some of Jesus' teachings and his ministry here, and just backing up. Shout out to Travis as he talked about the the broader scope on his podcast. But I think it's very timely that we're going through Luke and just thinking of literally in the time and season we're in, right? Going through the Christmas season into the new year, maybe some fasting and praying for some of us, and then into hopefully a fruitful 2021. Um, And we see that, right, starting in the Christmas story. You have Luke chapters 1 and 2. Then you got Luke chapter 3, Jesus being baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist, that you referenced there. And then being led into the wilderness, being kind of equipped for ministry, right? I think of somebody that didn't need to be equipped, it would be the Son of God, but even um, he's led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be equipped and to overcome temptation. And then kind of we see there in Luke 4 and ongoing here, we're now in the beginning of his three-year ministry. especially, I know you and myself were kind of right at that, getting um, staring that 30-year-old number Down the line, that's what a lot of the scholars think Jesus kind of began his ministry and to think that he only had roughly a a three-year ministry here on earth, but Mm. how impactful that was that we're sitting here, right, still talking about it today. Just uh, give us a little background and up to speed there. And yeah, week five of 14, so we're about a third of the way through the journal here, finishing up on Luke 7 and all of Luke chapter 8 this week, but just a, a lot of life and a lot of power in these scriptures. Um, I think some keys are really the importance of faith, as we're going to see that plays a role in some of Jesus's miracles. I think a Hebrews eleven six is one that I thought of when reading through this week's reading. It The writer of Hebrews says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. So I think that's a A beautiful picture of faith in action and as we see here I'm just starting off with kind of this um, entitled in my Bible a sinful woman anoints Jesus's feet so we see again Jesus just starting off kind of this teaching and really addressing this religious spirit behind the uh, the Pharisees and and the religious people of those times and then this uh, one that they've Bible's entitled "A, a sinful woman but as you pointed out, the pharisees they are hosting Jesus. They just complained a few chapters earlier about why are you eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners. So either they're jealous or they're judgmental or both. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, you know, they have him in his house. They have time now to get to know him. But the Pharisees who know the religious, religion and the law better than anybody fails to wash Jesus' feet, fails to anoint his head with oil, and gives him no kiss of greeting upon entering and here we see this woman that comes in, washes the feet of Jesus with her tears and dries them with her own hair, anoints Jesus by emptying her fragrant oil, um, some people call it a, a alabaster flask that she may have had around her neck, empties it out completely and in, in her life that would have been probably one of the more valuable things that she owned and then did not stop kissing the feet of Jesus from the time that she got there. Wow, yeah. Yeah, Just it's it's beautiful to read about, but think about how really, I guess, not beautiful, the actual action of that is, how broken she is in coming um, to Jesus there. You know, he's kind of, at that time, to give you a picture of this, what it would look like, it's not like he's standing up or sitting in a chair at a dining room table, kind of like I am right now. At that time, they would kind of lay down to eat, like prop up on one arm with their feet, kind of tucked behind them. So it's not like she's just, um, I mean, I, she may have barged in a little bit, but she's kind of behind him, washing his feet and anointing him and just kissing and loving mm. on Jesus. So it's just really a powerful example of um, yeah, kind of when we come into the end of ourselves, if you will.
0: Yeah. It reminded me about how we can use everything that we have around the game on the baseball field to To help our team so when we're in the dugout we have the opportunity to encourage our teammates even if there's nothing for us to do there is something to do pick up the guy's signs from from the other team we're like try to figure out what what pitches the the pitcher's going to usually in this count or just certain things that getting foul balls or whatever you know Mm -hmm. Uh, she used everything that she had to praise god Mm -hmm. uh, right where she was with all that she had her her oil, even her own hair. I think about that in my own life. That's very convicting to me. Like, am I using all the talents and abilities and uh, material things that I have in my life to pour out for Christ every day? It doesn't just go for on the baseball field, but is outside the lines of the yeah. field. You know? Um, yeah. This this common thread of faith throughout these. Couple chapters is huge. You see it with her, and then you see the other side with the Pharisees that they didn't have faith in Christ. But then also the people who have faith in Him, like His disciples, are have to have faith in Him Mm -hmm. to calm the storm. I don't know. There's just so many things that you could say about like what faith is. So, what are your thoughts on on that and on faith in particular through these couple chapters?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, really, you know, again coming back to the Pharisee approach and the this woman, and he told us earlier, the spotlight was a couple weeks ago, um, that he didn't come to call the, the self-righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So um, we see that he's, he desires to forgive us, he wants to forgive us, um, but he can't forgive unbelief. So we must you know come to him believing that he is mighty to save and heal and deliver. And that's why He came, right? To save, heal, and deliver. And we see that literally the the last verse in chapter 7 and closing out chapter 8, so this week's study, Jesus says to this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And then after healing the 12-year-old girl at the end of chapter 8, He says, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So we're starting and ending this week's study with your faith. So, you know, faith is it's an act of faith. Jairus, right, his, you're going to read about his 12-year-old daughter's literally on her deathbed um, and does die. And he comes, he says, only if you believe, she will live. You know, so it's just over and over. He's he's teaching the disciples about faith. I think that's where we get in when we get into the spotlight. He kind of questions them there after he rebukes the storm and asks them, where is your faith? You're seeing these miracles poured out left and right, but you don't even believe in me. So... Yeah, just how he starts and he ends this week is uh, the importance of faith and really the power of Jesus' word.
0: All right, Evan, we're going to move into the highlight for this week titled The Storm. And it's on page 62 of the printed journal, if you have one. Um, Evan, take us through luke eight twenty two through twenty five uh this this story this amazing story that Jesus uh calms the storm and the distress of the disciples they 're looking for a way out they they don 't have any idea what they 're going to do about this storm, and they feel like they're going to perish is what they said so take us through what why is this story important, and what can d group leaders uh teach their guys from this story
1: yeah, absolutely. Before, I'm, I might just read it here. It's just a few verses.
0: Um, okay.
1: I'll do that first here. So we're in Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came, or a windstorm, came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So a few scriptures, but powerful there. One I want to point out, if you're teenagers and listening, Jesus took naps, if you caught that in verse 22. So I know when I was in high school, I loved a good afternoon nap. So it's okay if your parents complain about it. Just say, Jesus took naps. Um, That's a good comeback. <laughs> um, but no, I love this uh, this analogy of the storm in our lives. I've heard a, a pastor say one time, there's kind of three phases of life. You're either getting ready to experience a storm you're in the storm or you're coming out of a storm Mm. Um, so this life we can see can can throw us those curveballs that uh that we're not able to handle in and of ourselves Mm. and the dependence that we need upon the the creator of heavens and earth that even the wind and waves obey him so just I think about even in my own life kind of applying it to baseball question one here on our conversation starters or have there been times when you felt like things were falling apart and it kind of takes me back to my senior year of high school at uh gallatin high you know I, I uh you know you're looking forward to your last year trying to to go out with a bang sign that scholarship you know in my mind i'm i'm going d1 or bust right <laughs> but <laughs> my senior out. yeah my senior year uh, definitely humbled me mm. um it, I started all four years in high school, and my senior year, st- statistically, was probably my worst year. Um, mm. Just I remember uh, we had a good first game, lost to JP two, like four to three. I pitched pretty well. And then like the next day, I didn't realize you weren't supposed to like go heavy at the gym the next day after pitching and kinda hurt my arm a little bit. And then it took me about half the season to recover and just the mental block it had. And up to that, it might not have been, um, there's certainly worse things to go through, but in a 17 or 18 year old's life and you've put all your eggs into that one basket of baseball and it's kind of cracking right before your eyes, you know, it's hard to handle. And I didn't know what to, to do about that. But I'm mm-hmm. thankfully that I had wiser people in my life, my parents um, to pray for me and to lead me through. And just when those storms do come, and I think later in my life and now as an adult, thankfully for God's grace and mercy, that I think it's Him a lot more drawing me to Him, but kind of run to Him when things get hard instead of running to myself because I know if I try to control it, I can only make things worse.
0: Man, how was that for you to be able to, and it just, just such a hard time, uh, be able to go to those people that you knew, hey, Christ is in you. I need you to speak life into me. What was that like? Yeah, um,
1: I mean just encouraging just to know that somebody's there that's got your back and cares for you and wants what's best for you and and to you know that's maybe been through it or seen the light at the end of the tunnel i think that's what's powerful about our testimonies a lot of times is we're saying hey i went through this and was able to overcome it you can overcome it too there's hope on the other side so just having that and being able to to share those burdens is powerful And that's what i love about full count ministries i mean a little bit of my testimony even is you know, I held a lot of, I did play two years of college baseball, fortunately there at ball State and Gallatin for a couple years. But even after that, my senior year, I kind of really held on to a lot of bitterness toward the game of baseball, but how full, God used full count to come full circle, if you will, to really heal that wound that I'd kind of tucked away and said, you know, I don't want nothing to do with baseball, I'm going a different route. But God said, hey, I, I gave you this talent for a reason. Back then, you used it for yourself. Now it's time Mm. to use it to build my kingdom, to glorify me. So I Mm. just think so thankful for that in my life, for sure.
0: I think you went ahead and answered the question I was going to ask you. (laughs) Uh, What if things don't go your way? That's question number six. And do you Mm -hmm. think you came out better on the other end and that God knew uh, exactly what you needed uh, through that time? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm sure I was prone to throw a fit a, or two, um, when it didn't go my way, and probably still am sometimes. But I just know that if if we stay the course, you know, and that's where the faith is not how you feel, right? It's mm. in the Word of God and in the Person of Jesus. So if my faith tells me to persevere, you know, then I know that I have to quote Scripture over my life. I have to turn to God. Um, open his word, cry out to him. And that's really what the disciples did in the middle of this storm. They, you know, they tried everything on their own first and it, you know, it wasn't working They're They're gonna drown, they're gonna perish, it says. And then basically they're crying out, mayday, mayday, Lord, like help me, save us. So I just know even in a panic, they turned to Jesus. And just looking at my notes, I just wrote that God loves to hear the voices of his children. You know, whether prayer in the morning or at night, He is there and He is listening. Whether when all is well with your soul or you are in the eye of the storm crying, Mayday, Lord help me, that He is there, He is with you, He is for you. So inviting Jesus into the middle of your problem, into the middle of your storm or battle, is the wisest and best thing you can ever do. Because that's who He is. That's who our God is. He loves to come through for His people. Right? He loves to come through. That's what, from the Genesis to Revelation, that's what God is doing. He's coming through for His people. Even when they're prone to wonder, He's right there to lift, draw them back to Himself. And just in case, you know, anybody needs reminding, the Lord your God is undefeated, right? He's never lost.
0: Evan, thanks for sharing that. Uh, what is a what's a challenge from from this that we can take and give to our D groups this week? Yeah, um,
1: I think for the coaches and the D group leaders, I would challenge them just to testify, to share about a stormy season um, in your life and how the Lord came through for you. Um, I think we learn the most sometimes more than although scripture is definitely critical. I think hearing the experiences of what others have gone through speaks louder. I know especially to me, I was saved on a Wednesday night as a 15-year-old because a preacher got up and shared his life story, shared his testimony. And, you know, that uh, spoke louder than to me at that point because I didn't really know a lot of Scripture, right? So I think just to testify and share your life to your D group and then a challenge to the players or the students... Hear how Jesus, you notice, is focused on the outsiders, right? Kind of the outcast in those times. So if I had high school to do over again, I would uh, love to take the opportunity to go sit with that loner at lunch. And, you know, I don't know what lunchtime looks like with COVID and everything going on, but, you know, maybe take a, a friend or a classmate and, and maybe sit with somebody different that's not like you or and kind of get to know them and have a conversation with them and just love on them. As, as we see Jesus model here, don't go post it and tweet about it, but do it out of the genuineness of your heart. Or if you're like a senior or upperclassman, maybe take some time and reach out to a, to a freshman on your team and just encourage them. We've talked about that earlier, how Jesus is encouraging his disciples. So the leaders on your team or in your D group, I would encourage them to turn that back around and reach out to somebody younger
0: than them on the, the baseball team. Those are a couple of really good challenges you didn't give but you didn't give one but two so yeah <laughs> that's a pastor's heart right there <laughs> but uh thank you evan uh I so appreciate you coming on, especially uh this late at night. <laughs> it's always so good to to hear from you and talk to you brother every time I talk to you, you encourage me um you are a light man in the in the community and in full count, so I just Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate it, Carter, man. You mean a lot to me. I appreciate uh, your prayers and interceding for many of us in the ministry and just know that you're prayed for and cared for and that you're uh, highly appreciated for what all you do to, to further the gospel through uh, the game of baseball, brother.
0: Thank you, man. And thank you guys on uh, that are tuning in today to the podcast. Um, each of you, anytime that you need prayer, any uh, encouragement, reach out to us, but also reach out to the guys on the group me or right now, what we have is the full count app please if you haven't downloaded it go download that get on the public messaging channel and send, a, send an encouragement uh, share what's going on in your in your d group but we want to hear about it we want to be able to to know what to pray for uh, we're, we're a community and especially in these stormy seasons if you're going through a stormy season we want to know about it so thank you guys for listening love you guys have a great week. you have enjoyed this episode of the training for an eternal crown podcast you can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms full count ministries exist to create disciples using the game of baseball we are a non-profit ministry and if you have benefited from this resource we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel, giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel, and then to grow in the relationship with Jesus. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that God has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe.